Hey, welcome back. This is a lab wrap from our conversation with Dr. Michael Ward. And first, I got to go back to something I said in the conversation, and I meant it, but I want to qualify it, right? Because I get to talk to really, really brilliant people from all sorts of, of disciplines and backgrounds. But Riley is here with me. So Riley, thanks for hanging out afterwards. Um, I, I want to hear your thoughts uh, on something that stood out to you. But let me say this. Michael Ward, I think when I said he's the smartest person that we've talked to, I mean, that could be brutally offensive to so many people, but because everybody is brilliant that we get to talk to or imaginative, artistic. What I meant when I said that was for our moment in disenchantment and that felt experience that meaning and significance have been drained out of the universe, I think Michael Ward is pulling on the right thread. That's what I meant by that, that for he, for some reason at this time in this place, he is pulling on this really, really important thread that when we keep pulling, it pulls us back into the tapestry of meaning. So we'll get into that. But I, I love the conversation. I think that Michael, Michael Ward is going to be a friend uh, and we'll probably have future conversations. What's something that stood out to you about the conversation or in the conversation? Um, I, th- I think the biggest thing that stood out to me um you know when you when you kind of turned the conversation it was like hey this and just kind of how you were talking about this conversation has such a huge urgency um to our time right now and uh how it just plays into you know where we're at in history and the story of you know our lives right now um and how you talked um I don't remember if it was you or him, but one of you mentioned the machine. And um, when I heard that, kind of my mind went straight to secularism. And I was like, okay, this is where we're at in our time. And um, I was just like, okay, this is so, you know, you just said this conversation has a huge urgency. And then you talk about the machine and my mind goes straight to, okay, we're living in secularism right now. We've had this conversation before. We've mentioned these ideas. So this this is such an important conversation, and I think this specifically this season of Lab, uh, the podcast where you know we're exploring enchanted reality, um, and this is just such a key episode, and and we you know hint to that right there in that part of this conversation. So um, that was one of the biggest things that stood out to me, and it got my attention, and I you know I got to the edge of my seat, and I was like, okay, I'm ready. What are we talking about right here? You know. Like you, I just felt a huge shift in my body when I heard when I heard those words, and my ears just like grew two sizes and started listening even you know closer to it. Yeah, I love that you said that my body experienced something. We talk about an embodied faith Mm -hmm. and and our lived experience, and so what you just said is absolutely brilliant. And you, I'm so glad that you jumped at that idea of not the machine. Let me read that sentence again, that Lewis would describe the universe as tingling with life, dancing, ceremonial, a festival, not a machine. And what you're hinting at is this felt experience that the, the universe is not a cold machine. It's not mechanistic. And yet, when we take a secular view that says we, it's random chance, there is nothing, we can, we can tell you what the universe is. It's made of this material and that material and that material, and that's it, full stop, period, end of sentence. There's a, there's a machine quality that settles in that we're just, we're trapped in. 
and yet our very DNA and our soul won't accept it. We know mm. that that's not enough. We know that that's not reality. And yet we're compressed beneath that. That's the whole purpose, right, of uncover yeah. enchanted reality. It's to say there's a rage against the machine. There's my 90s reference. But I'm telling, <laughs> I told Riley, this conversation intersects Oxford and rage against the machine. And if you can do that, you know you're, you're, you're on the sweet <laughs> you're on the spot of truth, right? <laughs> because you take an Oxford professor like Michael Ward and you intersect mm-hmm. it with the 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 rage against the machine that that part of us that says i don't want to die trapped and compressed beneath a lie that tells me that there's no meaning and no significance so brilliant job i love that you pulled that out yeah that's awesome yeah yeah that's our plug, right? Go to Oxford, listen to Rage Against Machine, <laughs> problem solved. Concert at Oxford, question That's good. mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> Then we'll know, right? Yeah, I thought the conversation was so just refreshing. Uh, I think the humility uh, of Dr. Michael Ward is what struck me. I mean, this guy literally has spent his life and vocation uh, living and working in Oxford around Lewis's ideas, the academic ones, the poetic side of Lewis, the imaginative side of Lewis. So yeah. you, you could start anywhere and anything that he said would be uh, worth listening to. But he came across as just a humble guy who's really passionate because he, he, he knows that there's a significant impact to ideas, that ideas have consequences. And he believes Lewis's ideas are the right ones and that if we live, in alignment with them, we're going to experience what Lewis did, which is joy. Yeah, I, I when uh, when we were you know in the intro of the episode, we were uh, asking him about what it was like, you know, living in you know the same place that C.S. Lewis lived in. I was just uh, imagining that, just like even visiting and walking through it, and just being like, if I was to put myself in the shoes of studying in his study, I was just like, wow, that's that's crazy in my mind honestly so yeah well back to charles taylor are we buffered or porous mm-hmm. beings right we we believe not the buffered self the porous self and you go well if that's true then the those floors absorbed his thoughts and when he was frustrated writing and he you know he was yeah no i think he was fiery enough that you know you get frustrated writing you throw your books down or you yeah. you know walk over and slam the door cuz you've got writer's block and walk out <laughs> that space absorbed uh, all of that part of lewis and then he gets to sit in there and and think about uh, these ideas in an embodied way super cool yeah yeah, one of my hopes uh, for the conservatory is to curate a, an immersive experience and go to Oxford and mm-hmm. have some conversations with professors that have studied under the people who were peers or contemporaries or students of Lewis's. Uh, who knows? That I just think there's there's a lot there, so I'm grateful we have the relationship. Yeah, for sure. So is there a question, is there one aspect of the conversation as you listened that you said, oh, you know, we were trying to be respectful of time. Mm -hmm. Is there something that jumped out to you that you said that deserves more attention? For sure. I mean, uh, it was towards the end of the conversation and and I, you know, we had to be respectful of his time. I wish we could have, you know, I wish we could have asked this question or I could have jumped in and asked this question to him, but um, you know, we started talking about the music of the Spears and, uh, we hinted to that and, and mentioned that a few times. Um, and he talked a lot about the seven heavens and the seven planets. And, uh, when I heard the music of the Spears, uh, I, I was like, oh my gosh, that's, 
the 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 podcast we did with uh, Gregarios, and I was like, this is tying right into that. Like, okay, how do we, you know, get back into that and uh, connect this episode with the music of the Spears? And uh, I'm not very familiar with the Seven Heavens and the Seven Planets, so I was kind of okay. It sounds like when I picture those all those three things in my mind, I, okay they all go together, I feel like. So, uh, or some, some part of it plays into it. So I wish I could have asked him like some, a question more in depth of, you know, how does the music of the Spears and, uh, all of that tie into, um, you know, the seven heavens, uh, the whole, you know, enchanted reality and ev- everything. Cause we've talked about the music of the Spears a few times. We even did the episode with Gregarios and, uh, got to dive into that and how, you know, just how, the beauty of the arts and uh the uh you know the music of the spears just helps uh helps your imagination you know hear and picture all of that beauty so I, that's kind of where my mind was going at the end of the episode uh and i wish i could ask them that so I, I was wondering if you zach could uh dive a little bit into that and how uh how this ties into the music of the spears and kind of what that you know all means yeah that's great. I, I felt the same way when he when he touched on it. I, I was you you do such a good job of helping us be respectful of people's time. I was looking at the clock and how much time. I thought, oh man, that's a whole episode. Maybe we can do an episode with him because he'll do a way more uh, thorough job than I could ever do mm-hmm. in unpacking this. But your your intuition is a hundred percent right. Uh, you heard me mention in the conversation with Dr. Dr. Ward that Lewis's idea of a quiet fullness, this idea that he wrote about, that Dr. Ward did, of a quiet fullness, that there's, there's a silence to the cosmos. It's an unheard song. That idea that there's an unheard song, he tied it with Psalm 19, right? The heavens declare the glory of God, and day after day they pour forth their speech, but they're not saying words. There's not an... There's not an there's not an a, a word or a verbiage coming from creation. What's he saying? And what's what the picture that's being painted is that from the beginning of creation, right? Essence before existence, God speaks the creation into existence. And so all of creation is saturated with this quiet fullness, with this musicality, this auditory quality that God, it's echoing the resonance of God's speech that pours forth day after day after day, and that God continues to speak, Colossians 1, right? He By him and for him, all things hold together. All these ideas are what gives the cosmos, right? The, 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 the universes that we live within, nested within, it's what gives it that enchanted quality. And this is why this needs to be a separate episode because people hear enchanted reality and we go, we're so distant from those terms that it's hard for us to think, well, what are they saying? And then oftentimes people jump to a very like uh, basic level and we ascribe our own meaning to those terms and we go, Ooh, those are terms that, that are, you know, contrary to uh, biblical thinking. And we go, no, that's actually the most biblical thinking ever, that there is Mm -hmm. a pre-existent eternal God who speaks creation and imbues it, right, with this quiet fullness. And once you start understanding that, you go, oh, well, there is a pre-existent essence, uh, God, who speaks creation into existence. Oh, so there's an orderly fashion to the way creation speaks, and it's, it's ordered and it's good. And that's true. And that's also beautiful. Okay. 
And now music is a, is a reflection back. It's a fractal of that goodness and truth and beauty. And so is art. And so is our embodied love. All of these things are a part of this great composition of the composer, right? Mm. And that's the way the world used to think about existence. He, for, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, we, we lived within a world, within a liveness of all things like that. And it's only recent modern history where we've decided, nope, we'd rather have a cold, impersonal machine universe where there's no musicality. And it's almost like you can hear the record scratch, like somebody just, there's no musicality. Yeah. Well, guess what? When the party, when somebody just yanks the cord from the music and music stops, this is your whole business, right? When you get to, <laughs> you, you want to live in a cold room where there's just nothing playing, yeah. <laughs> right? And what I think what Dr. Ward is saying is, no, if we had the dimension of hearing to hear all of the ways God is speaking through in and through creation, it's as if the party has music again. And mm. God, and, and that's what we're advocating, right? Like, there is a lived experience where we understand and we're attuned to the fact that God is continuing to sing over his creation and we live within that world. Mm. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Right. That's good. Yeah. I love how we haven't done one of these in a while and I, I forgot how much I missed them because I just love how we keep, you know, we started the season out, you know, saying we're exploring, you mm -hmm. know, and inviting all of you to join us in being explorers of this and you can just you know scroll and look at all the different episodes we've had and how you know we just keep exploring and going from all these different ideas that are all connecting and all pointing to enchanted reality and so it's awesome having these conversations and you know getting to talk to you know incredible guests like dr ward and just you know helping grow my knowledge on enchanted reality and helping, you know, helping me prepare myself better for these conversations with other guests to, uh, just keep exploring enchanted reality and, uh, helping others explore enchanted reality. So, uh, it's awesome. Thank you, Zach, for, you know, the conversation and everything and, uh, you know, answering some of that question for me. So thank you. Yeah. It's fun. I love doing this too. And, and part of it is people get to get a glimpse into the backdrop, right? Mm, because yeah. when people have asked me about Lab the Podcast, they, the critique against Lab the Podcast is very much what I heard Michael Ward saying the critique against Lewis was. Why in the world does he have this and that? All these things that seem mm. like disparate parts. And critics were like, that doesn't make any sense, right? What does Gregorios have to do with Dave Ward, who owns Buddy Brew, that has to do with, you know, Michael Ward, who's or teaching at Oxford, and then uh, Professor Root? Like, how do all these parts go together? And it's not until they're all of a sudden you understand they're immersed within that music of the spheres, ah, enchanted reality, the life and beauty of the gospel. And then all of a sudden you step back and you're like, Okay, let me listen again, right? So <laughs> it's fun. I love it, Riley. You're, it's super fun to explore together and with all of you. I can't wait for people to come back uh, for the next one. Yeah, as always, uh, don't forget to share this with a friend. Uh, and if you have anything uh, you want to reach out to us with, questions or comments or, you know, something that you've really loved so far from one of these episodes, you know, feel free to DM us uh, on our uh our V3 Instagram, V-U-V-I-V-O uh, underscore uh, V3 Ministries. And uh, go to our website, as always, if you're looking for other ways to connect with us or support our ministry and help us keep going further with these conversations. So thank you for your time.